Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. I had this attitude and this belief for a long time that in order to have the things I wanted, in order to have the life that I wanted to have, all I needed to do was make more money. And this obviously wasn't true because I would find that as my income or revenue would start to inch up, I still felt like I couldn't live the life I want. I still felt like I didn't have enough money. And so it became clear to me over time that this sense of not having enough money and feeling like the life I wanted was outside of my reach actually didn't totally have to do with the amount of money I had. So I knew something else had to be going on. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things. It's something that I teach in my program, Liberated Business, and I share with all of my one-on-one clients, and that is Profit First. Profit First is a system for approaching your business finances, and it was a total game changer for me not just in how my business operates, but in my relationship with money in general. If you've ever felt freaked out wondering whether or not you're going to have enough money set aside for taxes, or you just want to feel more empowered around your financial decisions in your business in general, you definitely want to stay tuned. In today's episode, I'm going to share how you can use Profit First in your private practice and why this is so powerful. Now, before we get going with that, I want to take a moment to tell you about one-on-one private coaching. Each year, I work with a small number of private practice therapists to help them master their marketing, define a niche that lights them up, and craft fees and policies that ensure that they're working hustle-free and earning more money per session. We work very closely together through all of the challenges that are unique to private practice therapists, like battling pressure to put everyone else first, fears of saying or doing the wrong thing on the internet, or just thinking of your private practice as a business at all. Go to thebadtherapist.coach slash private dash coaching to learn more and join the interest list. Be quick to grab one of those 2024 coaching spots before they're gone. 
Now let's get into today's episode. Profit First is a book by serial entrepreneur Mike Michalowicz. I first encountered this book in the really early days of starting my private practice when I was doing research on money and business finance. And to be totally honest, there's not a lot that's really new about this approach. It's basically an envelope system, but that's actually what makes it so good. It's such a simple system. It's a system that many people, that grandmas have been using for a long time, and it just works. Despite it being really simple, when I started using it and for the first year or so that I was using it, I like was very much by the book. I followed it exactly. And I'll tell you a little bit more about what I mean by that as we go on. Even though it was so simple, it made such a huge difference in my life. It really shifted my relationship with money. I had this attitude and this belief for a long time that in order to have the things I wanted, in order to have the life that I wanted to have, all I needed to do was make more money. And This obviously wasn't true because I would find that as my income or revenue would start to inch up, I still felt like I couldn't live the life I want. I still felt like I didn't have enough money. And so it became clear to me over time that this sense of not having enough money and feeling like the life I wanted was outside of my reach actually didn't totally have to do with the amount of money I had. So I knew something else had to be going on. And as I used the principles in this book and applied them to my life, both in my business and then in my personal life, my personal finances, I got in a situation where I have always had enough money to pay my taxes while I've been running my businesses. And even before I started to make more money, like I said, I actually found that I was able to do things like go on trips to not so far away places like Portland or to take a ceramics class. And those might seem small. I mean, to me, they are smaller now, but at the time, those felt huge. Like it was a huge dream to be able to take a ceramics class. And using this model actually allowed me to do those things before I started really making more money. And then over time, I actually used this model to save money for a personal emergency fund and then for a business emergency fund. And I have created additional categories in my profit first sort of way to set aside money for charitable giving. Again, maybe this doesn't make tons of sense to you right now, but I'll break it down as I go along, and I hope that just gives you a bit of a window of what's possible. So like I said, this is something that I share with all of my one-on-one clients. This is something that I teach in my program, Liberated Business. It's really foundational to my approach to private practice. In order to best understand what Profit First is, it's a really good idea for us to start with what it isn't which is how most businesses operate. So in a lot of businesses, you would have just one bank account. All of the money that is coming into your business will land in that account, and then all of the money that is leaving your business will go out of that account. And that works, I suppose, if you're really carefully tracking and like balancing your checkbook and being aware of when different uh, payments are going to draft and how much money you should be setting aside for taxes and making sure that even though that money is just sitting that in that account that you just don't touch it and use it for something else. The reality is, is that most of us aren't tracking that, uh, nor really should we. Like it, This doesn't have to be a problem. You don't have to become really, really good at like tracking all these different things. You could actually just separate that money into different envelopes or different, in this case, different bank accounts so that when you set money aside for taxes, it's not sitting in the same account that you're going to be looking at when you're making a decision about whether or not you can sign up for that next clinical training. 
because whether or not you can sign up for that clinical training, you still have to pay your taxes. So essentially, that money should never be touched. That should just be left alone. Uh, you should basically like hide it away and forget about it. But that's not what most of us do. And then what ends up happening is we will spend money either on business expenses or maybe we'll give ourselves a little bit of a raise. And then the next month, maybe our revenue is a bit lower. And then all of a sudden, we can't pay ourselves that money. Maybe we, like I said, gave ourselves a very temporary raise. We've already spent that money. But this month, we have bills to pay and there's not enough money in the business to pay it, right? So what most of us do in our businesses is there's a sort of like feast or famine that can happen. There's not a lot of consistency. There's not a lot of regularity. And we can have moments where we're spending tons of money and that's fine because lots of money is coming in. And then all of a sudden that changes, but we've gotten in the habit of spending all of this money or we've committed ourselves to spending all of this money. And now we're kind of feeling this pinch. And so Profit First kind of works to even out those peaks and valleys so that your business finances and your experience in your business can be a lot more even keeled. And so when you are making decisions about whether or not you have the money to invest in a particular thing, you can open the account that's essentially associated uh, with those types of things, and you can see whether or not you have the money there to do it. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. I'm going to break it down again a bit more. So once again, the standard way that people typically do things is there is one account and all of the money in the business goes into that one account and all of the money that comes out of the business leaves that one account, right? In Profit First, that's not how it works. There are at minimum five different accounts. There is that account that all of the money that's coming into the business lands in and that's called your revenue account. And then there are four other accounts. There are two sort of set it and forget it accounts. This is your tax account and your profit account. So with these two accounts, you will be taking money out of your revenue account and you will be putting it into these two other accounts. And then for the most part, you will forget that that money even exists. You will put it far away. Mike Mankowitz, the author of this book, suggests that you have an additional bank where those two accounts live and that it's actually even hard for you to access the money in it. Like you have to go to the bank and like actually request, you know, to withdraw money out of it. Like that's how much he wants you to like get this money like out of your consciousness once you've set the money aside. Because I mean, human behavior is that if we see a pile of money sitting there, even if on some level we know <laughs> that some of that is for taxes, we're very liable to be like, but it's here now and I want this thing, so I'm just going to spend it, right? And then future us has to deal with the ramifications of that decision, and it sucks. It really does. And so his perspective is rather than trying to make yourself a, you know, like more moral, upstanding person who like doesn't do things like this. And I don't think he even uses that language, but whatever. Uh, or someone who is like basically an accountant. He's like, just put it, just hide it from yourself. Just like put it somewhere else. And then you can't see it. You'll Your brain will kind of forget it exists and you can move on with your life knowing that that money is is safe and there for you when it's time to use it. And so with that tax account, you're going to be paying taxes probably quarterly. So you're going to be accessing that money and actually withdrawing money from that tax account on a quarterly basis so you can pay your estimated taxes. 
With the profit account, he suggests something that's similar. He says, once a quarter, you open up your profit account and you see how much money is there. And then you let yourself take 50% of that and you have fun with it. You leave 50% there. And this is because he's like, well, if you're going to run a business, if you're going to go through the trouble of running a business and taking on that risk and doing all of the work that comes with owning a business, you should be rewarded. And again, a lot of businesses operate such that all of that money is just sitting in the same account and then it all gets spent at the end of the year. We're like, wait a minute, like, is there anything left over? And the answer is no, <laughs> it's not because you didn't, you didn't really think about creating a business in which your operating expenses and your salary are such that even when you're you know, paying for those expenses and you're paying you your salary, that there is actually something left over. And the reason why the book is called Profit First is because he's saying you should actually take a portion of your revenue out from the very, very top before you do anything else and set that aside as profit. This is the exact opposite of how traditional accounting works. The math for traditional accounting is you have all of your revenue minus expenses equals your profit. So profit is just like the thing that's left over after you've paid all your bills and you've paid yourself. He's like, well, this is this is clearly a problem because if the money's there, we'll probably just pay ourselves more money. We'll probably just spend it on other things. Like human nature is such that like we're not going to leave that money just sitting there. We're going to find a way to spend it. So his whole point is you actually need to take that money out ahead of time and you need to set it aside. And you might be asking, okay, well, if I'm still going to, if I'm just going to give it back to myself eventually, why can't that just be my paycheck? Why can't I just have a bigger paycheck? Well, I think the rationale here is for you to kind of start treating your business as a sort of like healthy business and to, from the very beginning, have that tone. And healthy businesses do have profits, right? So even if you're like, okay, well, it seems silly to set it aside. I would still encourage you to do that because it's a really, really good habit to get into. Plus, it feels awesome every quarter when you get to go open that account. And you're like, oh my God, there's money here. I get to spend it. Fun, right? That is a great, great feeling to have. Now, I will say that technically, technically in the book, what he says is that if you have debt, then when you go to take that money out of your profit account, throw it at your debt. I have never done that. I'm going to be totally honest with you. <laughs> there were there were some uh, parts of Profit First that I, I followed super, super strictly, um, and I'll tell you about more of those later. This was not one of them. I think it's a great idea. I think it makes a lot of sense, but the thing that was important for me was to engage with this material and this approach in a way that would motivate me to continue. And you know what? I wanted to enjoy myself and I wanted to feel permission to use those profits on something else. So again, I'll kind of unpack that a bit later. But if I'm talking about the profit first model here, I do want to give you the person who created it, his perspective and be as true to that as possible. That way you can see like what what it really is versus the sort of tweaks that I've made to it and the ways that I've sort of like broken the rules. Because you may be in a position where actually that is a great move for you. Maybe you're in a position where taking half of your profit out and throwing that at your debt would be like a very, very empowering and helpful decision for you to make. And so by all means, I want you to know that that is technically what he prescribes. All right. So we've talked about the taxes and the profit accounts. The other two accounts 
are your owner's pay and your operations expenses. So your owner's pay is exactly what it sounds like. It is the account out of which you are going to pay yourself. Likewise, your operations expenses account is the account out of which you're going to pay for your operations expenses. So this is going to be like pretty much everything in your business. This is going to be rent for your office, your EHR, if you're working with a business coach, your liability insurance, uh, tissue boxes for your office, like all of the things that you need to keep your business running that aren't the money you're paying yourself, that's your operations expenses. All right, so we've covered the five different accounts. There's the revenue account. That's the account that you create that all of the money in your business, when it comes into the business, will land there. So you're, that's the account that you'd connect to Stripe if you're or Ivy Pay or whatever um, so that when clients pay you, it would all land there. If you're taking checks, that's the account you deposit checks into, What whatever, right? So that's the first account. The other four accounts, again, are that profit and tax account, which you put money in and then you forget it's there except for once every quarter. And then you have your other two accounts, owner's pay and operation expenses, which you're interacting with a lot more. And those don't have to be behind like a locking key. Those can just be like at the same bank that your revenue account is at. All right. So now that we've covered those different types of accounts, you might be wondering, how does money get into these accounts? If all of the money that's coming into the business is going into the revenue account, then how do I decide how much money I'm putting into these four other accounts? Percentages. That's how you decide. So twice a month on the 10th and the 25th, you are going to log into your bank account and you are going to see how much money is in your revenue account. And then you are going to distribute all of that money across the four other accounts. So that means your revenue account balance after that will be zero. You will literally take all of the money that is in that revenue account and you will basically like cut it up like a pie. And you're going to put a certain percentage of that, not a certain amount, but a certain percentage of that into these four other accounts. And the percentage that you put into these accounts is going to be unique to your business. He gives some guidelines in the book for what he recommends for therapists where our our overhead is oftentimes like fairly low, especially compared to something like a big brick and mortar business, like retail business with tons of employees, right? A solo practice owner in the grand scheme of things generally has much, much lower overhead. And so we're not going to need to devote as high a percentage to our operations account as some other types of businesses in different sectors are going to do. I'll give you a sense of the percentages that I've chosen in my business and what is probably going to be helpful for a lot of private practice therapists. So when it comes to profit, that's generally going to be about 1% to 5%. Taxes, about 15 to 20 Operations expenses, somewhere around 30 to 40%. And then owners pay between 30 to 50%. Now, every business is totally unique, so your percentages may look different. You also have the option to add additional categories. So for instance, last year my business was making a lot more money. And so rather than just putting all of that money into my owner's pay account, I actually added an additional category to start to build a business emergency fund because I knew if I put all that money in my normal day-to-day operations account or my normal owner's pay account, I might just like spend that money And I decided that probably was not the wisest use of this amount of money that was coming into my business. I knew that there would probably be a time when there wasn't as much money or there would be something I needed to spend the money on. 
that was maybe a bigger purchase. So I decided to create a sort of rainy day emergency fund for my business. So you may have different categories that make sense for you to add. But in general, as a starting point, these five different accounts is where you want to start. And you want to divide up all of the money that is in your revenue account into these four other accounts based on percentages. Now, a lot of people have questions about taxes. Like, Conventional wisdom is set aside 30% of your money for taxes, but that's usually when people are talking about that is like 30% of your profits. Because you're taking a percentage off the top, you're taking a percentage of your total revenue, not a percentage of your like what's left over after expenses. Generally, for a lot of us, the percentage that we need to set aside for taxes is going to be lower than 30%. Again, because we're taking a percentage of total revenue into the business, not the amount of money that is left over after expenses. Again, this is going to be unique for your business. It's going to be unique for your business based on the amount of revenue that you're generating, based on your business expenses, based on the structure of your business and how you're being taxed. So by no means is this like advice to do a particular amount. But I just wanted to put that in your ear in case you were confused about why that percentage is what it is. It is just oftentimes lower. I have always had enough money set aside for taxes with approximately 15%. So, you know, use that however you want to use it. But that has generally been enough for me. Now, what's really cool about having these very distinct categories for how you're going to pay for your business expenses and how you're going to pay for yourself is that If you want to take on a new business expense, if you want to make an investment, you can open up that operations expenses account and you can see in that moment whether the money is there or not. And that is so helpful. Similarly, with how you pay yourself, there's a bit of a feedback loop there too. So I'm going to walk you through how Mike Mikowitz talks about paying yourself when you're using a profit first model. So he recommends that you set a salary for yourself. So you set a certain amount of money that you're going to pay yourself, and that's on the 10th and the 25th. And on the 10th and the 25th, like I said, you're going to open up your bank account. You're going to see how much money is in your revenue account. You're going to distribute that money across your four other accounts. And then on that same day, you're also going to pay yourself. But you don't just pay yourself whatever is in your owner's pay account and bring that balance down to zero. You don't just like drain that. And if it's a month where you earned a lot of revenue and there's a bunch of money in that account, you just take it all out. And if it's a low month, you just take that all out. That's not how it works. You set yourself a salary. You set how much money you're going to take out of that owner's pay account twice a month. So if you're just starting and your business isn't generating that much revenue and therefore there isn't that much money in your owner's pay account, you literally cannot afford to pay yourself a larger salary than the amount of money that you have. What you ideally would do, and again, this is according to the profit first model, you would pay yourself a smaller salary and you would pay yourself just that amount of money each pay period, regardless of how much money was sitting in that bank account. Now, if you went to pay yourself and your full salary was not in that account, so let's say that you've decided that twice a month, and I'm going to be really, really conservative here, twice a month, you are going to pay yourself $1,000. And after making the distribution into your owner's pay account, you have $800 there, not $1,000. He would say, you don't pay yourself anything because what this is telling you is that your business is actually not generating enough money to pay you a consistent salary at that rate. And so that's highlighting something that's not working correctly in your business. 
It could be that your operations expenses are too high and you actually need to bring those down. It could be that you just need to generate more revenue because that's actually, a you know, actually your salary needs to be even higher, but it'll give you that information. If you just drain that bank account and you say, okay, well, I'm just going to give myself the $800, it's almost like you're operating at a deficit. Like you are sort of like in the red in that account in a way. Because the next pay period, let's say you're going to make those distributions again, and let's say same thing happens, you want to pay yourself $1,000, but again, there is only 800 in that account. And so you haven't really actually solved the problem. Like clearly the business isn't earning enough money or your expenses are too high or your percentages need to be adjusted. Like something needs to happen, but you're kind of like avoiding dealing with the problem. Now, I, a huge caveat here, obviously, is that sometimes you can't just be like, that's cool. I'll just leave the money in there. You're like, I got bills to pay. Yes, I get it. Sure. Mike Mikeowitz, it's not the full salary, but like, I can't just like not have money. I've got to pay myself. So that's a huge, huge caveat. Obviously, if you need the money, take it out. Like, <laughs> Don't get like evicted <laughs> because you're like, I can't take it out. Like, it's fine. But I just want you to understand how this works according to that model, because in an ideal world, let's say, in an ideal world, let's say that you set your salary at a thousand. And let's say that like month one of business, when you made your distributions on that first pay period, there's only eight hundred dollars there. So let's say that you don't pay yourself. You just leave that eight hundred dollars in that account. Then let's say next pay period comes around. Next distribution window comes around. You open up your revenue account, you add more money based on percentages to that owner's pay account. And now the balance there is actually $1,800. All right. So now you pay yourself your $1,000 salary and there's still $800 sitting in there. All right. Let's say next pay period comes around. Next, next distribution window comes around. Let's say you add another like $1,500 to that account. Now you have that $800 that was already there plus another $1,500. Now you have $2,300 in that account, and then you pay yourself $1,000. Now you're down to $13,000. So basically, what we should be seeing in your business over time is that even with paying your salary two times a month, we're steadily seeing the amount of money that is staying in your owner's pay account increasing. And if you were seeing that for many, many months in a row, then you know you can give yourself a raise. Then you know your business can actually afford it in a sustainable way. It would be so tempting to just, you have a big month, you drain that account, you take all of it out, right? But again, that is not a true reflection of the status of your business financially, right? That could have just been like a great month. What we actually want to see, again, is we want to see the amount of money in that account that's staying in that account growing over time. And then when it's time to give yourself a raise, you're going to nudge that up slowly over time. Again, a lot of Mike's perspective in this book is really about sustainability, which totally jives with my approach. I don't want your business to be like this boom and bust thing. I want you to have a sustainable business that's going to help regulate your nervous system. It's going to help you have a sense of reliability. It's going to keep you coming back. And when we do have these really big like feast or famine cycles, it can be, well, it's great when we've got a feast, but it's like really, really rough uh, when, when suddenly we're at a deficit. And so we, we do want to see the health, the financial health of the business improving over time. All right. That is a lot of information. You may want to re-listen to this and take some notes or better yet, just like read the book. It's really good. There's also an audio book. It's not my 
not my thing. I'm not an audiobook person to begin with, but if you are, I've heard from other people that they really like it. Mike is very, very casual. And so, yeah, you might enjoy it. So I've walked you through how to use the profit first model in a pretty uh, strict way. And I did it in this way for probably about a year or more where I, I paid myself a very, very minimal salary. I did not give myself a raise. I was very thoughtful about how I spent my money. And if there was something like a ceramics class that I wanted or a trip to Portland, I set aside small amounts of money every pay period, like I'm talking like $20, $50 at a time until I could afford a plane ticket to Portland. <laughs> and then I went, right? Like it was very, very, very slow going, but that level of discipline was really helpful. Now, as time has gone on, like things have changed. I think that was a really good practice for me to do for a period of time, but I've also given myself a lot of permission to sort of break it over time as well. So for instance, like there have been things that I've wanted in my business. And in order to do that, I've taken out a business loan. I haven't just looked at my operations account and said, well, guess I can't do it. I've said, no, I want to be able to do this and I want to do it now. So I'm going to take out a business loan. That is, a, in my opinion, a totally fine thing to do. You are, in fact, allowed to do that. And that sort of like spending money that I don't have or like getting access to capital, like working capital for my business is just some permission that I've given myself because I do think there is a lot of merit in this kind of like really strict approach. But I also think for a lot of us, that's just not going to work. And what's more important than like sticking to a program just for the sake of checking a box and saying you stuck to that program is creating a dynamic in your business that keeps you going, that keeps you motivated, that keeps you inspired. And so if you need a little bit more wiggle room, if there is something that would be really supportive for you to have in your business, you're not a bad person if you decide to invest in that. And for some of us, that does mean taking on a little bit of debt. And I think in our culture, we've, especially especially when we're women, there is a lot out there about like, we shouldn't have debt. Debt is so, so, so bad. But I also want to reference We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers, which is a fantastic book. And she really talks about leveraging money and time to actually earn more money over time. In this particular moment, I'm struggling to remember if she specifically addresses debt or taking out loans or anything like that. But I think a lot of the messaging for women in particular around money is to just like want less, need less, use less, get smaller. And so I do think it's really important for us who identify as women or who were assigned female at birth to understand that we've gotten a lot of messaging that says don't take risks. And it's very, very normal in businesses to have working capital to start. It's very normal to take out loans so that you have money to spend in your business at the beginning. And so if you're in a position where you're starting your private practice or maybe you already have an established practice and you're wanting to grow it, the last thing I want you to feel is a sense of shame or like you can't get the support that you need right now because you don't have the money coming in. A lot of people who have chosen to work with me, in fact, some of them come to me when they are literally earning $0 because they want to start their private practice off on the right foot and they've decided that this is the right kind of thing for them. They know that they want support. They know they're going to use it. They know they're going to take advantage of it. And they're really willing to just dig in and hit the ground running. That is not the right approach for every single person, and that's okay. So I think you just really need to give yourself permission to be super, super honest about what is going to help keep you going and be the most motivating thing for you. I highly recommend this book. 
go give it a read and honestly just like take what works for you. Stretch yourself a little bit, challenge yourself. Maybe there's something in there that would feel a little a little hard, but don't shy away from it. Try some things on, but also be gentle with yourself. So as always, that's not a super like straight answer <laughs> because it is so important that your business is truly a reflection of you. If you want expert help walking through decisions like all the ones I just described here or crafting the business that is a reflection of your unique skill set, interests, passions, and desires, then that is what I am all about. If you're interested in becoming a one-on-one coaching client with me, getting my undivided attention on your business, meeting multiple times every month, and getting support for an entire year, then go to my website to learn more. That's thebadtherapist.coach slash private-coaching. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you're walking away with a really great primer on Profit First and have a sense of how it could be helpful to you in your business. And even if Profit First doesn't end up being your thing, I hope this conversation about money and finance is just making you feel like you can do this. It is possible. And if there's a chance that you feel a little overwhelmed by this, I just really want to encourage you to keep on listening, keep on coming back to this information because over time, your system will get more regulated, it'll make more sense, and you can totally do this. I'll talk to you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.